Kanye was, you know, the originator of hacking culture. Shoe empire is worth a billion dollars. And he would start a trend. He would wear something and people go, that looks weird. You know, it doesn't look right. And then all of a sudden everybody would be wearing it. Baby, up in the Lamborghini. I'm midi, I'm me only, I'm midi. Baby, up in the Lamborghini. I don't know what episode number this is, but you're listening to the Stroke of Success podcast with my guy KB. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Stroke of Success podcast. Here we have a special guest. I'm going to give you a brief history of how I came across. You know, I'm a podcaster now, uh, very new at this still, but I, you know, I do a lot of research. I'm a big fan follower of Patrick but David. Uh, looking at his interviews, Craig Cardone, and then I came across the you know the rabbit hole, and I came across David Morrell's podcast. And it starts once you get into the YouTube channel, you see from everyone and anyone, all the entrepreneurs across the board, real estate, um, you know, insurance, podcasters, everyone. I'm like, wow, this is this is this is where I, I want to be like. So I reached out to David, and he agreed to do my podcast. David, thank you so much for jumping on today. Yeah, my pleasure. Good to be here and thanks for having me. Thank you, David. David, get started. Where were you born and raised? Where was I born and raised? Uh, born in Montreal, Quebec. Um, raised out west, though. So Calgary, Vancouver, Alberta boy, uh, basically. And uh, about five years ago, I moved back to Montreal. So um, yeah, you know, I, I am an East Coast guy at heart, I think. So uh, Montreal is my, uh, my home city. That's awesome. Come from a rich family, poor family, middle class? Uh, middle class. Middle yeah. class. Middle class, yeah. Dad, mom worked hard. <clears throat> it's interesting. My, uh, I learned a lot from my dad. I think my dad was probably my biggest mentor in a lot of ways. Uh, my dad was a very uh, high risk, high reward type of guy, so took a lot of chances. Uh, we moved around a little bit when uh, I was younger, um, just based on the fact that my dad got bored real quick. So I learned about entrepreneurship from him. He would start businesses, sell businesses. Um, you know, make money, lose money, high risk, high reward, like I said. So he, very, very high risk taker, uh, not for the faint of heart. <laughs> so I often think about my mother and what she had to put up with with, with my dad. But uh, great guy, learned a lot from him. Um, uh, you know, quick decision maker, uh, very smart, intelligent guy. My mother too, very principled. So, you know, if I had a, you know, principled question I would I, you know I would ask my uh, my parents for sure and they were they, they were very good about that they gave me a lot of uh, leash too when I was younger to make my own decisions so um, I think that was good you know they kind of threw me threw me into the water and let me you know figure out how to swim for myself so I, I appreciated that about them so I think that led me down the, the, the path of uh, what I did pretty early on with entrepreneurial endeavors but yeah that's kind of my background when it comes to my upbringing for sure, sure. I mean I think that's it right that was probably your catalyst of the entrepreneurship um, flipping light flip switch mm -hmm. so to speak right that happened how old were you when you said hey wait a minute you know what I could become this I could become that but you know what I'm gonna do entrepreneurship um <clears throat> I think I always had an entrepreneurial kind of mind and mindset uh but it was it was real estate that really did it for me. You know, I was doing, a, you know, various things and, you know, I'd, I'd done some club promotion. I did, you know, after hours stuff. I was DJ at, a, you know, another at a carpet cleaning business I owned. I had uh, there was, you know, a lot of things I was doing. I think my uh, <clears throat> my dad, you know, he he uh, he sat me down. He said, you should really get into real estate. They make these big commission checks was his thought. Right. You can sell. 
you know, if you figure out how to sell, you know, uh, you should be in commission sales. And I didn't understand it at the time, but, you know, years later I realized, you know, you could make more money than a doctor or a lawyer with, you know, a month of schooling is what it was at the time. So, and that's what happened. I, you know, I got into real estate and I, I found the, I found the industry and the business somewhat archaic. Uh, and I've started to apply, you know, not just sales principles, but, you know, branding and marketing principles and things like that back to the business. And I had a lot of success with it and we started teams. And of course I own a brokerage now. So I've been through every iteration of the actual industry, but um, you know, I, I don't know the exact age, but I think it was when my dad sat me down and said, get into commission sales because you'll do well. And he was right. Dude, that's interesting. I'll tell you back, back, back story. I, I know when I, so my father left us at a young age. So my uncles raised me. They're like, no, no commission. No, so you have to get a degree, get a nine to five corporate job and, and, and work there 34 years and get retirement. And like you, I was naturally, my, I saw my mom as a salesperson. So I very naturally had this, this thing about salesmanship and, and entrepreneurship. So I always had a struggle. I wish I had someone like your dad and saying to me, hey, no, you can do that. Um, how old were you when you got into real estate? Yeah, I don't remember the exact, I, in my 20s. Um, okay. uh, so I've been in the business 23, 24 years now, something okay. like that. It's been a while. My 20s, I don't remember the exact age, actually. I should probably figure it out, but. It was for the, before the bubble or the, the, the 20. I've looked through a couple. So 1999, 2000, something like that. So. Okay. Oh yeah. So you've been in the game for a while. Yeah. I've been through a few uh, ups and downs in the industry and of course yeah. across the country too, because, you know, um, you know, we're in multiple marketplaces. So sure. A lot of sure. Different yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, I think the fact that your father played a big role in your part, you should be very grateful because, you know, that's the biggest pro that's the biggest uh, feedback I get. Like I, I started a coaching program. I have people uh, texting me, DMing me. Like, can, how can we um, get our family support to do that, right? So you're very lucky. Mm -hmm. um, your first your first year in real estate, I know it's been a long time. How'd you do the first year? Like, was very it- Very good, actually. Yeah, yeah, I did very good my first year. And I think that's what kind of, you know, flipped the switch. I was like, this isn't hard. <laughs> you know, I can get people to sign on the dotted line and, you know, uh, trust me with the sale of their property. Uh, I, I was able to do that quite young. I was a hustler. You know, I didn't, you know, um, I think that's one of the biggest things, it, I, you know, early on, I, I'm, you know, it's so funny looking back, all the lessons that my dad taught me. One of the things he said was, do you know what makes a good salesperson? You know, it doesn't matter what you're selling, whether it's houses or widget, it doesn't matter um, what makes a good salesperson. I thought, you know, smarts, you know, education, you know, something like that. And he said, no, 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 they, they, they you can handle rejection. Uh, what makes a good salesperson is they can move on from the nose and it doesn't sting as much. You can move on quickly. And I thought, oh, okay, that's, that's a thought. Um, didn't really think about it until, you know, I got into real estate and then you realize, you know, people are going to say, no, how much experience do you have? How many properties have you sold? Have you sold something on this block in this neighborhood, you know, or whatever. And if, if you can't handle those objections or you can't handle the nose, then you're gonna have a really hard time. I moved on quick and it was really funny. Uh, not too long ago, I saw an interview with Barbara Corcoran, right? Uh, right. Barbara Corcoran, Shark Tank. Yeah. She, you know, Corcoran brokerage, et cetera. And she was being interviewed on, I think it was CNN. And, you know, they asked her what differentiates a really successful agent in her brokerage from a not so successful agent. You know, there's agents that make a million in GCI every year and agents that make 20 to 30,000 a, 
uh, a year in GCI. She said the biggest difference is they're able to handle rejection. And I, and I went, bing, it was the same thing my dad said. And it's true, right? You're able to move on quicker. You know, uh, Darren Hardy talks about going, you know, getting as many no's as you can until you get that yes. You know, if you can't handle um, dealing with people, their objections, their no's, then you shouldn't be in sales. And, and the ones that can get over it quicker and move on are the ones that are successful. So I think I did that early on. I was young, didn't know any different. Um, I just kept going. I knocked on doors. I did everything. You name it. I handed out cards to every person I know. I had people on uh, mailers. I had signs up. I, you know, I did everything and I did pretty well my first year. And then I realized that, you know, it, it, it's not going to be that big of a stretch to separate yourself from the pack. And then I realized not every agent is successful for a lot of different reasons. So, um, you know, I, I train and coach agents every day now. That's, you know, what I do as well with our brokerage. And, you know, I've seen a lot of changes in the industry, but I always say, Hey, you got to be able to move on from the, no, some can't. Some some, can't. Yeah. Some can't, some aren't, you know, cut out for, um, sales and especially real estate, you know, your people with their biggest assets have to trust you. So you have to be able to talk about that with authority. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I, but David, do, do you get training? Like, you know, sales training, mentoring, like, uh, what's the guy, your, 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 your guy was on your, uh, Ferry, Mike Ferry. Tom right? Ferry. Tom Ferry. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. you know, his program is amazing. I haven't, you, I haven't done it, but people talk about it. I mean, did you ever go into those type of programs and learn? Yeah, I haven't taken Tom Ferry training, but um, a similar ones. Yeah, he's he's just Mr. Content in real estate. He's a good guy to have on the show. But yeah. uh, yes, we've spent a lot of myself and my partner. Uh, um, you know, the two of us on the brokerage, and and we've spent a lot of money on training and coaching, um, mentorship, mastermind groups over the years. You know, well into the six figures for sure. You know, so we we spent a lot on that. So I'm a big believer, and I think you need to spend money on training and coaching. You know. So question, how about self-development? A little different than coaching, right? The mindset, right? Like, did you, did you, how, what, what's your thoughts about that? Like, do you believe that mindset is everything? Um, well, there's tactical and then there's, you, you know, there's a difference, you know, there, there's, you know, training and coaching and then, you know, there's mentorship, right? So I, I find mentorship is more, again, you know, principled, a broad stroke mindset. And then I believe that, um, you know, tactical training and coaching, I think you need both, you know, like say these words to this people with the script, you know, that's training and coaching. Um, in some ways, mentorship is more about how you're viewing, you know, the, the vision, you know, where you want to be a year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now, work your way back. Uh, what does that look like? So I, I'm, you know, the last few years, especially I've, I've become a more of a believer in, in kind of like the long-term vision of uh, legacy for some, you know, to some degree. Um, I think mindset is everything to be honest with you. And I wish I had discovered that a lot sooner. Yeah. As me a, too. Like I really wish I had, and I wish I had a sought knowledge sooner too. Now I'm like just insatiable with wanting to acquire as much information as possible. I, I do too. I think we're very similar in age. I'm 41. Um, I started real estate when I was 21. In, in my, we're in South Florida market. Um, and I got a lot of rejections, right? I was a loan officer, a real estate guy. Uh, and I left, right? And looking back, like, I think my mindset was not strong. Um, fast forward, my stroke happened five years ago. I couldn't walk, couldn't talk, almost died. For me to survive that and be able to find entrepreneurship, it was this thing, well, wait a minute, if I can do that, I can do this, I can do anything I want. And the limiting beliefs that I have, are, well, you know what? 
to make six figures, you have to be a doctor, lawyer, engineer. You have to go to school for X amount of years and you need a steady paycheck. And these limited belief system and, and a weak mindset were holding me back. And I think to your point, I think for my agents, I always tell them, hey, first thing, mindset, get that strong. And if you have a strong mindset, you can learn how to do phone calls, door knocks, rejections, rebuttals, you know, all that stuff. So you're very, very much aligned the same way. Um, how many agents do you have total right now, David? Oh, uh, roughly a hundred, something like that. Yeah. yeah. You see like, it's like no big deal. Like, you know, like you're, you're, yeah. you're, you're kind of flexing, man. Like hundred, a lot of agents. Um, yeah. How many offices do you have all over? Four. Four. What, what, what markets are you in? Calgary, Edmonton, uh, Toronto, interior of BC. Yeah. Okay. You, so you're not in the U.S. That's an experiment. Okay. <laughs> yes, it's an experiment. So I don't, I don't, uh, you know, I'm not talking about that in in, okay. in depth yet. It's a new market for us. Uh, so we do have a license in the U.S. right now. Awesome. So, yeah, I mean, what we do is a little bit different. We're not your traditional bricks and mortar. Um, our model, you know, we, you know, I was in a meeting the other day, and you know, the the phrase we heard was, you know, you have the model of the future, and I thought, yeah, okay, I, I believe it. You know, we've we've kind of created something that, um, uh, you know, thinks about the, it's from the bottom up in a lot of ways, because, you know, I came from a traditional bricks and mortar background originally. Um, and it's, you know, collect agents, sell services. It's not the same, right? Uh, uh, you know, our motto is to help agents make more money, keep more money while streamlining, keeping it lean and providing the things they need. Again, the industry is very archaic. So a lot of bricks and mortar, you know, brokerages are having issues. Um, so what we're, you know, again, you know, what we're doing is very appealing to, you know, people that hear about it, you know, we don't do, you know, your traditional type of recruiting, we don't call agents and say, hey, are you looking to make me? nothing like that. Our growth has been very organic. So again, we started, you know, with teams and, you know, they tell friends and they tell friends and people, the word gets out and they see some of the disruptive stuff we do, which is uh, very disruptive where we are. And it kind of grabs attention so people find out about it. Uh, we are protective of our culture and chemistry. So I don't think every agent's a fit for what we do. Um, we have very high producing agents here, a lot of them. Um, and, uh, you know, I do believe it's, uh, it, it's something that's a little bit different from, you know, like I said, your traditional bricks and mortar. So, um, you know, it, you know, when you talk about the States or other marketplaces, we can light up pretty quick. Um, but some things, you know, we, we got the luxury now, of, you know, if it doesn't interest us or we don't want to be in that place, we, we're not going to do it. You're good. So that's, that's kind of the long story longer about no i mean look you you built a brand in a reputable brand and you've been in the marketplace yourself for 20 years pretty much probably more than that so i get that um people you looked up to while you were coming up and um sports players movie stars politicians athletes anyone motivational people Tony robbins people i looked up to um I, well, I'm a, I'm a design branding guy. So I, you know, I, I'm very much looking at the world of fashion and art and music and things like that for inspiration. Uh, you know, <laughs> funny to say, and it's, you know, it's very controversial to say, but I, you know, Donald Trump was a guy, like my dad was from New York and, and, you know, he was a, he was a fan of Trump. And I, you know, I, I, I watched Trump go from, you know, a a business to a brand to an, you know, I'm kind of, I'm older than you actually, you know, so I saw him go from a business to a brand to, um, you know, a politician. So it was kind of interesting to see the evolution of a guy like that, which is, you know, a ton of hustle. 
Um, and, you know, in terms of music, I, I always talked about Kanye a lot because I thought Kanye was, you know, the originator of hacking culture, you know, uh, shoe empires worth a billion dollars. And he did some interesting stuff and he would, he would, you know, he would start a trend. He would wear something and people go, that looks weird. You know, it doesn't look right. And then all of a sudden everybody would be wearing it. So I look at people like that. Listen, I picked the two most controversial people you could think of, right? <laughs> Trump and Kanye. But I'm not saying that I emulate them or wanted to be like them. I just find it interesting from a branding design uh, perspective. You know, I find things like that interesting, something that grabs attention. But like I said, um, people I looked up to, you know, my dad, I, I really looked up to my dad, uh, my business partner, Nathan. I mean, he's a great guy, good family guy. Uh, you know, he's, he's, he's a fantastic example. Um, you know, uh, I didn't really have like, you know, necessarily a, a mentor per se, or somebody that I looked up to now, you know, now when I look around, knowing what I know, I, I find, you know, I think Grant Cardone's one of the greatest marketers of all time. All time. Um, yeah. Of all time. I don't, I, you know, polarizing for sure, but the guy is just relentless and he's incredible. Talk about not accepting no for an answer, letting it, you know, brush off his shoulders. There's nobody like Grant Cardone when it comes to marketing. I think he's one of the greatest marketers of all time. Um, you know, I, I'm trying to think of some of the other guys, you know, I've interviewed quite a few people that I am very impressed with. Patrick Ben David's one of them. You know, I've interviewed him. Um, I think he's fantastic. Uh, you know, Ryan Serhant a couple of times when they, I saw that I've had him on the show. He, you know, when it comes to, you know, an actual real estate brand, fantastic. Um, you know, I've interviewed highly intelligent people too, and sure. that make a difference like Andy Frisella, um, one of the most cerebral, most intelligent guys when it comes to real estate um marketing marketing in general is jay abraham nobody like him um you know i've had him i've had him on our i've had him speak to our company actually on our company mastermind so i've had him you know speak to our agents i've had uh, tom ferry speak to our agents um you know i've had uh, grant cardone speak to our agents you know the company mastermind so um you know guys like that you know guys that have had some longevity and success i think are really good to take a look at for sure so, David, I'm sorry, man. I can't go forward, man. Kanye and Trump, sorry, man. No, no, no. Listen, I'm joking. No, anybody, I'm joking. Li listen, anybody listening, I do not like. Yes. I do not condone I uh, what they okay. say. I do not condone their yes. politics. I'm not none of that stuff. I'm just talking purely so, from a branding perspective. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in quickly. So I'm gonna say I'm the host of the podcast. No politics, nothing. I a hundred percent, two hundred percent agree with you on both of those people. I'm a New Yorker, born and raised in Brooklyn, New York. Um, like you said, you're older than me. I saw Trump, 80s, 90s, 2000. Forget the politics. Forget the stuff he says. I don't just forget disagreeing. Agreeing. The brand, the way he has built himself. Hate him or love him. You have to look at the facts. Yeah. The guy did something pretty cool, right? Yeah. Well, I remember, like, yeah. Uh, did you say you were from Brooklyn? Brooklyn, New York. Yeah, so you you were around in like eighties, early nineties, yes. right? Yes. I like, you know, the old grimy New York. Trump was Mister New York, man. You know, like Trump Tower, and you had like Trump ties and the you know the clothing, and you had Trump water, and you had he was a brand. He was, brand. A, he was the original walking IP, right? Like yes. he that was him, and then he had The Apprentice, and I loved that show. I thought it was fantastic. So he had The I Apprentice. Right. And he had all that stuff going on. And, you know, Mr. Real Estate and the art of the deal at the game. He was yeah. just the original brand. And then he became president. It's the it's the craziest. It's thing. the craziest. It's the craziest. So, like, listen, I don't care. Again, not talking politics. I don't care what you're doing. The guy is a case study in branding. Like, exactly. 
Like anyway, and same anyone in entrepreneurship, and on that same tone, I'm I'm with young Kanye, man. Like I like his music, you know. Yeah, but he changed the game, and he called himself like a Picasso. In a way, he is, man. Like we don't like it's. He got a new device, so you have to buy the device to hear his music. Like that's genius. Well, I give a. It's really funny because, again, another case study in branding, right? Like I, you know, I can't tell you how many pairs of Yeezys I have, and I'm always wearing a pair. But the, the uh, you know, I had I gave a, a keynote one time, and 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 I I just for the fun of it because I thought it it was relevant. I called it. What does Kanye West have to do with your real estate business? And the answer was everything because it was it was talking about scarcity and creating something that people want and need and all that type of stuff right and how he put he basically hacked culture and i think that's one of the um i think that's one of the biggest changes in the real estate industry uh when it comes to personal branding right is creating something that you know people know like and trust eventually wanting it wanting to be a part of it uh paying attention to it so i applied it to the real estate industry and the everyday business of an agent but it grabbed attention. We had a picture of Kanye on the slides and said, what does he have to do with the real estate business? And my point was it had to do every, everybody's like wondering, like, what does he have to do with my business? That's pretty cool, man. I, I, yeah. I couldn't think of that one. I think I'm creative, but that way we put that, that's pretty badass, man. Yeah, it was fun. You know? It was fun. Um, um, let's go to talk about some of your guests, man. Like, like David, man, you have who at the top of the people, like top of the line people, like PBD. PBD is huge right now. Like I've been following him since 2018. He was an insurance guy, right? And he was on stage, but now like he's blowing up. Like, how was your interaction with him, and what'd you learn about him? Like, yeah, uh, great, exactly as I expected. I was introduced to him through uh, Michael Francis. Uh, so Michael Francis is uh, he's been on the show a uh, couple, I saw. Wait, twice. I'm, I'm a big uh, fan of his too. Yeah, and he's coming up again. Actually, I got him coming up again for it'll be our third, just with some updates and things like that. So awesome. I was in. And I, I, so I was introduced to him uh, through that, uh, you know, very bright guy, super intelligent. Um, you know, we talked a lot about entrepreneurship and intrapreneurship um, and uh, very smart guy. He did. I mean, he did. What's interesting, I'm not comparing myself to Patrick, but David, but he it wasn't until, you know, I interviewed him that I realized that he did something similar to what we're doing. So I'm in the real estate business, right? I own a real estate brokerage. He's in the insurance business, owns an insurance brokerage uh he create you know he went into multiple locations we went into multiple locations uh he started a podcast which became valuetainment which was a separate entity from you know insurance and everything insurance, else or he started with insurance i think he was doing videos on insurance and then he moved yes he in. was and he said hey branch it out to something else yeah, so yeah. i did the same thing i didn't i didn't even realize i did the exact same thing so i started a podcast based on branding with the brokerage because i thought it was a good vehicle for uh you know, the brokerage branding. And I quickly got bored of real estate interviews, you know, after a handful, I'm like, I don't want to do these. I want to talk about worship and creativity and best-selling authors and hip hop legends. And so what I started doing was going outside the industry and I started interviewing, you know, people that were, you know, top of their class in different industries and applying principles back to entrepreneurship and real estate. So I started doing the same thing Patrick Bad David was doing. He started, it was really funny because, um, I didn't realize that, you know, he was interviewing, you know, Francis from that perspective. And I had, you know, I'd heard Francis years ago, I think it was on the Jim Rome show. So I was always fascinated with his story, you know, talked to, you know, Michael Francis and his wife and, 
and I got to know him. He came on the show for, the guy was so generous. He came on for, you know, a two-parter. We sat for hours. Then I had him come speak to our, our brokerage. I think we're the only real estate brokerage that has a former mob boss from the Columbia. I think so. That spoke to our agents, but. I think so. so. Yeah, I think we are. Again, talk about disruptive, right? Um, So again, you know, taking, you know, principles and applying them back to business. So, uh, but Patrick Baddavid, yeah, super smart guy, super intelligent, quick thinker uh, on the go. He's very generous with his time. I'm super embarrassed because it was the first time we had been talking for a long time, but it was the first time I actually had to take a, a restroom break in the middle of a podcast. I, I kid you not. It, it embarrassing because it's funny now, like looking back, but it was embarrassing. Yeah. And I, I was talking to my uh, I got, uh, friends with Brad Lee. And uh, he's just like, I had the interview with Patrick Beth David go. I said, I had to t- I had to go to the bathroom because you yeah. what? I, said, I had to go, man. That's to go to- insane. Like, you know, so, you know, so awesome. Patrick Beth David, I remember him giving him giving me a hard time because you're the first interviewer that's taking a that's bathroom. Insane. Said, Listen, man, like human I, man, I go, dude. I don't know what to tell you. You have to go, you have to go. Um Ryan Serhan, man, like goes back, let's go back to a case study. Yep. Guy came back when the bubble was pop- popping, 2008, nine. Got on the show. He's good friends with the guy here, a local guy here named um, Ken Posnick. Posnick, I think, is the AA broker here. And, and I interviewed him about two weeks ago. And, he, and I said, hey, Ken, did, did you ask him, like, did the show blow him up? And he goes, according to Ken, told me that Ryan says not 100%, like, it helped magnify some things, but Ryan's hard work. Right, determination. And as, as a brand, YouTube, we kill YouTube. We had two different channels, right? What's the, th- what's the thoughts about Ryan Sterling and the brand and how he made everything? Yeah, so the show definitely blew him up. Yeah. You know, he's got a show. Yeah. Like, give you a show. Like KB, if we gave you a show or me a show, yeah. you know, we would blow up. Sure. What, what I, what's interesting about Ryan then, again, you know, very intelligent guy, very smart is he understands that at the end of the day, his job is to buy and sell real estate and grow his brand. He understands that. So he's very strategic. Like if you listen to him talk, uh, if you listen, you know, he's asking for referrals in a subtle way. You know, I'm your New York real estate guy. Uh, and I have, I've sent him referrals, right? Like I've sent him business, right? Or, you know, clients and and whatnot. Um, you know, we had, you know, we, we you know, we're uh, brokers that transacts in crypto. So we've had, you know, so we get a lot of attention that way. So I'd sent them a New York crypto transaction or whatever it was. I don't know what happened exactly, but, and then I was introduced to somebody else from the show. I can't remember the name of the, I don't watch the show anymore. Um, is this, it's, I don't think it's still on anymore. No, it's not on anymore. Yeah. That's anyway. what I checked last time I checked, but maybe who knows? Yeah. So, and and it's the same, you know, like I said, I've had Sir Hunt on the show a couple of times. Uh, same with James Harris um have had him on the show a couple times uh that's million dollar listing los angeles uh him and david parnes now now they're again at the end of the day they know what their job is they're very strategic they're not jumping on podcasts or interviews or whatever without generating a lead growing their brand or understanding you know uh what's in it for them and uh what's in it for you right so i i think that you know ryan very smart knows what he's doing Right. Everything is strategic from this to this to this. I think he's very methodical. I think he he thinks, you know, he zooms way out. And he goes, OK, I, this is where I want to be five years from now. And then he makes the moves to do that. But he, listen to that. him. He does. He asks for referrals. I'm your New York real estate guy. He just yeah. does. He, I mean, originally there was it was Frederick, Ryan and Lewis. And mm-hmm. Lewis has left the show and he I don't know what he's doing. I love Lewis, a shorter Spanish guy. 
Um, Frederick, Frederick's killing it, right? He's a big time New York and California. Uh, but I think Ryan is the one that's in everyone's head, you know? Yeah, I think out of, uh, you know, out of everyone on the show, I think he's the one that people know the most. I said that to him on the show, actually. I said, hey, I think you're the, you know, the one that everybody knows the most. And he's, he's like, well, that's surprising. I said, come on. Yeah. Why is that surprising? Like, everybody knows. So, you know, I did ask him about that. I said, why do you think that is? I think he's just prolific, man. He's everywhere, you know? And I, and these days, you got to be. you got to be everywhere. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Altman, yeah. Altman is another one from California. Josh Altman, he, he he's, he's up there too. He doesn't like he's not liked very much. I noticed a lot of people, but like people like Ryan Sarhan. Um, he had Robert Kiyosaki on, right? Yeah, just had Robert Kiyosaki on. He's controversial, right? man. We edit the show. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> we edit the show, but he's at a point in his life where he does not care, you know, what he says or, you know, he was talking about. I mean, he 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 went through the. You know, he went through the world tour of controversy on our show. That's for sure. I, I mean, if anybody's listening to this, you got to go listen to my interview with Robert Kiyosaki because uh, the guy's phenomenal. He's the number one personal finance book of all time. The author of the number one personal finance book of all time, but very controversial dude. Um, one of the things I've noticed, though, it's it's funny because some of the clips from the show, anything that's got Robert Kiyosaki's name on it um, is either... I don't want to say buried or shadow banned or whatever, but it's it, it very interesting to see, you know, the numbers and engagement with the Robert Kiyosaki clips because it's it's not the same, even though he's saying things that are mind-blowing, you know. Yeah, I saw him at Patrick's show, Patrick uh, DeVault, Pat, Pat, PBD, the show. He does every year. Mm -hmm. uh, it happened last year in Fort Lauderdale. I was there and he just went off and there are people next to me cringing. Look, I think a big part of uh, PBD's audience is Republican. Yeah, capitalists, right? And yeah. but a lot of them are not. I mean, they're people all over the world, and they're like, "I'm like, wow, homeboy just oof, he went overboard." A little bit. <laughs> well, he's he's a funny dude, man. I had a great time with him because actually, you know, to be honest with you, uh, I, I was a little worried because he doesn't do a lot of interviews. Uh, he doesn't do a lot of them. I know he does some live events and things like that, but he doesn't do a lot of podcasts and he doesn't do, you know, media per se. Um, and the last couple of interviews I saw that he had done, he tore the, the interviewer to shreds. Um, there was a, there was one he did in Romania where he was just lighting this guy up for not knowing anything. I don't want to do your stupid show. You know, you're an idiot. He was like, <laughs> like it was crazy. And I'm like, oh my God, I don't know which Kiyosaki I'm going to get here. We had a great time. Uh, you know, he really let his hair down with me and he kind of said some things, you know, like talked about how he got court-martialed twice, you know, for flying his helicopter with women in it drunk, you know, in the military, you know, he talked about flying behind enemy lines to buy gold. He talked about, you know, uh, you know, uh, bull semen because he's into like breeding cow, Wagyu cattle now. He talked about his friend Trump. He talked about, you know, hunting with the, the you know, the Trump boys. So yeah, he does get really controversial, but I don't think he cares. That's no, he doesn't care. I don't think he cares at all. Um, question for you was, rules do you think in entrepreneurship those that break the rules not laws this isn't i'm gonna be careful i'm not i'm not advocating people to break laws but bend the truth and get yourself in situations opportunities like is that true that you have to do that to be successful you're super successful i look up to you what's your thoughts on that I, yeah i think you do i think you have to push boundaries i think you uh, you know my, again, going back to some of the things my dad said, you know, it's only the people that are doing stuff that get in trouble. 
right? You know, guys making change, you know, taking chances and doing things that are outside the norm. Uh, depending on your industry, you know, I find most industries, if they're governed, you know, they want everybody fitting into a, a box, all doing the same thing, making the same amount of money, doing the same thing. You know, in order to push those boundaries, you're going to get into a little bit of trouble. Again, keep it lawful, <laughs> like off, obviously, right? But I, I think you do have to uh, bend rules a little bit and, and, perceptions and what's thought of as normal even with like you know our podcast it was funny we started you know we started the podcast of course it's branded after our company gpg right run gpg um and uh it was branded after our company and we you know we were doing real estate interviews and then all of a sudden we started doing hip-hop legends and graffiti artists and mob bosses and people started go wait a minute you can't do that on a real estate show we said watch us you know, and nothing was off the table because we started to get really interesting and it grabbed a lot of attention. The show started to blow up and guests got, you know, became bigger and bigger. And now people are looking, go, wait, I guess we can do that. You know, every two weeks, our brokerage uh, hosts a mastermind where we bring in uh, guest speakers to talk to our agents. You know, um, I got Chris Voss coming up, you know, best-selling author of Never Split the Difference, you know, former lead FBI. 100%. Negotiator. Um, I've had like mm-hmm. Michael Francis speak, Weldon Long, again, you know, Grant Cardone. I've had these people come speak to our brokerage, right? Which isn't typical for isn't real typical estate. for a real estate company to do that. Not typical, man. Had uh we just had uh Jason Stone, millionaire mentors, an influencer, you know, 11 million followers, whatever he came talk to our brokerage about uh you know, social media and how to go viral, et cetera, and those type of things. So what's, what's in, and I got some really big ones coming up actually, in terms of our brokerage masterminds, uh, gpgmastermindseries.com. If you, you should come to that. Absolutely. Yeah. gpgmastermindseries.com industry-wide events, you know, but for about an hour, every second Tuesday, but again, outside the norm and, you know, what, what starts to happen is when people see it working, you know, they start to emulate it. They start to copy it. And I've seen that happen now. I've seen a lot of people start to copy the same thing. And same with the uh, the podcast. Very difficult, I think, to replicate kind of what we've, our path for sure. I don't think there's a blueprint to what we did with the podcast. But, you know, I get really bored with podcasts, probably like you, <laughs> you know, so I've got my own show, but, you know, very few actual podcasts I, I really listen I to. I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, you married? Yes. Kids? Yes, two. Dude, hold on, man. Give me, you, you look great. I thought you were in your 30s. I'm not, listen, I, first time we're talking, dude, like, what's your secret, dude? You're busy, you're entrepreneur, multiple businesses going on. Like, what's your secret? Uh, well, I, uh, skin regimen, skin okay. regimen. So, uh, my wife has me on a, uh, a skin regimen. I've been married 26 years. God 26 years. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I got a daughter, got married last year. Um, you have a daughter that got married last year? Yes, I do. Yeah. I have a daughter that got married last year. Um, so no, I, I, you know, like I have a very, uh, I think a healthy lifestyle. I, you know, I work out every morning. I, uh, uh, you know, I do a little bit of, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm really into breath work now. Um, I, I've just discovered that I, you know, I'm, as I get older and long in the tooth, as we say, if I get long in the tooth, yeah. I get old. um, <laughs> you know, your, your routines and looking after your health is important, you know, stay hydrated, read, make sure your mindset is right. Things like that. How about so, uh, cold plunges. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yes, I'm, I'm a, a huge for years. I've been doing uh, cold water therapy big time. Uh, although right now I have to take a break because I have uh, a frozen shoulder. 
I have a frozen shoulder. So uh, they're telling me the acupuncturist, the physiotherapist saying, stay away from cold water uh, for now. Cause we have to, it, it's kind of funny because I always thought cold water plunges takes down the inflammation, which it does, but uh, frozen shoulders are, you know, they're inflamed shoulders that limit movement. So I got to stay away from it, which is killing me. Cause I love the cold water, man. I do it every morning. Wow. So, yeah. Okay. Anyways, yeah. I don't know. I just, I stay young. Look, I, I mean, I don't, uh, <clears throat> you know, a lot of my friends are younger too, you know? So I remember I, it was funny because I used to get invited to the parties that my daughters would, and, and they used to get embarrassed. Like, dad, you can't come to this party. I wouldn't right? to embarrass. I just wouldn't. But the funny thing is, is the younger, you know, I've always hung out with kind of like younger people and they, I guess I used to tell my kids I'm the cool dad and they didn't believe it, but now I think they're starting to come. I out. think so, dude. Yeah, yeah. You definitely are the cool dad. I'll take some notes from you. I have a six, six year old and a, a five year old. Oh, so, fun um, years, man. Fun yeah, years. Yeah. I, I do. My wife is crying. She's like, you know what? They're going to grow up so fast. Let's get number three on the board. I'm like, do it. Oh, uh, we'll take our time with uh, getting number three on the board. Um, I, I'm some a big advocate, um, big supporter of daily routines. And so far, I've been blessed. Uh, my podcast new following your footsteps one day. I hope I can get a fraction of the people you got. Oh, come on. Yeah, uh, seriously. You're, you're doing kick-ass, man. Um, but the people that have gone so far, every one of them say the same thing. Maybe we have a routine and some of them have a thing. They wake up in the morning. They do a, a journal of gratitude. They do a law of attraction, visualization. What's your, David, what do you do daily routine for my viewers, my listeners? I can say, hey, you know what? This guy, David, is so badass. If we do what he that, what can help us in our life? My morning routine is is uh, the order might be different, but the, the you know the the tasks are the same. So I I do I do, uh, I do write in the mornings. I do first thing I wake up, I breathe. I, I have a cup of coffee almost immediately. Um, but now I've I've been mixing in for the last year. Uh, I hydrate, so I do uh, I, I do a full glass of um, uh, mineral water with uh, apple cider vinegar, lemon, and uh, Himalayan sea salt just to hydrate. So I've been doing that. I've noticed a big difference with the, the the hydration in the morning, but I hit a I had a cup of coffee first thing, um, almost immediately. I used to I used to mix in uh, shilajit, so I used to do the shilajit and things like that. Now I, I I'm I've been going more towards specific vitamins and things like that. So um, same thing, cocktail of vitamins. Uh, I tend not to eat in the morning, uh, for the most part. Uh, run anywhere between seven and a half to 10 kilometers every morning. So I don't know what that is in miles. What is that? Six miles? I think so. Yeah. Six, seven miles, something like that. So uh, yeah, about 10, 10K, like if I'm feeling good and strong, I'll, I'll run 10K, but it's always about seven and a half uh, every morning. Uh, I do some stretching, slight bit of resistance work um, just because I've got some, some issues with some joints. I don't go heavy with the, the weights. I want to, I, that, that's in my, uh, that's in the mix. Uh, going forward, I want to I want to you know build some some bulk at some point. Um, uh, so I do that. Uh, I do some uh, reading every morning for sure. Um, a few other things, um, you know, I check my email, do all that stuff. Uh, prep for any meetings I got for the week. I I tend to I, I like to kind of like um, prepare for the week on Sundays. Yes, I, I don't know if you do the same thing. Do you do the I same? Do. Yeah, yeah. So I'll take a look at what I got coming up, and I'll I'll send out any emails and. And whatever and just you know go over my notes for this that and the third uh, on sunday nights um and then you know my weeks are pretty organic mornings stay about the same but my weeks are pretty organic uh both my daughters are out of the house now so 
it's uh it's a different kind of a different life you know for just me and my wife but it, we're having fun yeah we're having a lot of fun just, you know we got our dog but the, <laughs> yeah you know yeah, yeah. You, you have a stylist bro your 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 attire every podcast i'm like dude i'm taking notes like your dad jacket is amazing his glasses like you have someone who styles you i listen i no i should be a stylist though okay I, i should uh you, well you know who i got coming on the show uh, this afternoon is uh nick wooster you need to do you know who nick wooster is no no uh he's he's a fashion icon he's been on the cover of gq a couple times okay. uh he's creative director for ralph lauren uh calvin klein uh one of the biggest fashion gurus most photographed men go look this guy up he's social media yeah he, so i i'm really excited about interviewing him but i take fashion seriously my guy i i, I really pay attention to well, it i can tell Yeah, yeah. Okay. they say that right? you have to look good to feel good. I mean, let's be honest, right? Uh, Not I, for everyone, right? But no, I'm I, particular about, you know, I didn't realize I was naturally uh, into branding until I discovered what branding actually was and what it means. So um, yeah. I think, I, you know, I always like to stay consistent with my look for the most part and, and, and whatever. And I like things to look a certain way. I mean, I don't have you know, all the, you know, I don't have a, you know, a dedicated studio that's next on the list is to have a in-person studio, but you know, I do pay attention to that stuff. Thanks for noticing my man. Um, dude, absolutely. Thanks for noticing. I, I'm very inspired. Matt, I think I had a nice blast uh, cashmere sweater on. I'm like, dude, I'm going to David and my wife's like, what's wrong with you? Where is, you know, blazer? Like, no, 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 this guy is trendy, honey. They about to have to just the part. Mm -hmm. uh, David, it's been a lot of fun talking to you. I'm gonna have a part two with you, man, down the road to get some time. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Love no, to. I mean, I had a great time. Maybe I come up there, fly, and we'll do a face-to-face -face with you, man. I'd love to do oh, that. You, have you been to Montreal? No. You would love it there. I'm yeah, coming. Yeah, bring your wife, bring the kids. Yes. I'll love it. You got to come in the spring, summer. summer. Always stuff going on here. They have more, this is true. This is true. They have more festivals in Montreal than days in the year. Wow. So they have festivals. They shut down the streets, and, and it's beautiful. It's kind of a mix between New York and Europe. It's It's a... Very old. It's beautiful. I love it. You know what? Tell me and I'll let you know way advance. We'll coordinate our dates. Where can we find you, David? Oh, uh, well, you can, the, the podcast, the podcast page is rungpg.com. Run, so R-U-N-G-P-G.com uh, for the podcast. Brokerage web, website is greaterpropertygroup.com. Um, you can see the marketplaces were in there. And then uh, I think, you know, social, I'm on all the socials, but again, relatively new, but Instagram at the greater David and the greater David, meaning greater property group, greater good, et cetera. Not because I'm a better David. <laughs> I'll, put greater David. I'll put a link <laughs> in the, my description, but yeah, man, it's been amazing. Thank you for jumping on David. Um, yeah. You're awesome. My pleasure. And Hey, watch for the newest episodes coming up. You're going to be, you're going to be, me. yeah, you're, you're going to, especially you, I know yeah. you, you're, uh, you're going to love them. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, David. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks very much, KB. Thank you. Hanging out.